good afternoon. Um, welcome to East Lake Plus, a positive podcast. And I am Lillian Leopold. I am the public information officer at Southwestern College and a member of our East Lake Education Foundation board. And I am so proud to welcome Mayor Mary Casillas Salas. You've accomplished so much in the time that you've been here. And so we really kind of want to get a little recap on that. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for inviting me. So um, uh, I've been involved in the civic life of Chula Vista now for 31 years and uh, 26 years of that as, as an elected official, as a city council person, as a state assembly member, went back to the city council and then became mayor. So I'm at the end of eight years of my term being mayor of Chula Vista, which is, I believe, the greatest city in the world. I have to agree. I live here as well, and we've lived here for a long time. It's a Not- beautiful, beautiful place to live. And, and raise family. Yes, absolutely. It's very family friendly. And the reason why we're here too is because of the education in the community. And so um, you grew up here. Uh, you went through elementary school, high school, Southwestern College before going on to San Diego State. And so what would you say your hopes are for the K-16 continuum for our community? Well, I think that we're going to have so many more opportunities in the future and I'm really excited about the curriculum that they're they're offering in in the lower grades and then onto the high school. I mean, if you can imagine all the things that our our students are learning now, you know, champion robotics teams, um, math champions, um, so many opportunities. But you know, we're setting the stage for even something greater. For many many years, we've had the dream in Chula Vista of establishing a four year university. And just in August, August 25th, um, we announced the groundbreaking of a new SDSU school here in Chula Vista. So it will be a school for cinematic arts, and we're going to be building it in conjunction with our new media arts library. And I think this is ideal for our community because of all the technology that's evolving and all the technology that our, our children are experimenting in. Um, I think it's going to really be a place where they can advance that knowledge and really get into some really terrific careers. I have to tell you, I was there that day, and it was such a joyous occasion. There were so many different um, groups of people from like all different walks of life. And I have to give credit to you, Mayor Salas, because I know this has been a dream for you the entire time you've been in office and even before you became mayor. And so um, can you tell us a little bit about, I mean, you really had to kind of pull different funding sources together, different partners together. Um, tell us a little bit behind the scenes of how you brought that all together. Oh my gosh, it was really a complex um, deal that we brought together, but one that's really positive for both the city and for SDSU. Um, so uh, the, the funding was brought together by, by um, $89 million that the, the city had set aside for a li- library construction. And ergo, that means you know it's going to be co- located right there on the campus that SDSU is building. So we had $89 million city funding. Assembly member um, David Alvarez in his freshman year, which is unheard of, secured $25 million of state funding. And then Senate Pro, Senate Pro Tem uh, Tony Atkins secured another $5 million. So we're going to fully fund the building uh, and construction of a 160,000 square foot facility that will have campus space, sound studios, anything related to media will be located 
in the library and in the university space. But the really great thing about it is the agreement that we're forging with SDSU allows for community use of those sound stages. So students that are uh, interested in producing music or producing videos or even games, gaming, video games, um, they can all do that there at that campus and they can learn and become experts in their fields. Well, you never know. We're going to create some new TikTok or YouTube um, people who are going to go on to bigger and better things, and they'll have started right here in Chula That's Vista. right. And the way that media is evolving right now, who knows what will be new in the th- three years that it's going to take to build that. So all you students out there, if you're interested in this, the SDSU is going to start offering those classes in the fall of 2025. That's only three years from now. And so what you can do is you can enroll at Southwestern College and come into our film, media, and television arts program, do your first two years there, and by then, the library should be done. And you can just articulate right on there. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's another thing I have to uh, thank Southwestern Community College for, is their partnership in all of this as well. So we're working together on developing uh, a structure for this, and uh, Southwestern College is going to be doing uh, a research on emerging uh, businesses and industries so that we make sure whatever offerings are there on that campus site relate to the current world. So we're not going to be, so that, you know, the universities, because it will be universities once we go onto the university center, which is 370 acres that we can develop for university. So um, we want to make sure that whatever offering is there is going to be you know, a curricula that is relevant to today's world and the future. Right, and that's a nice segue into our next question, which is the world of work is rapidly changing. And so how do these changes create opportunities for students right here in our own community? Well, I think they're learning right now. If you see what what they're interested in, and if you see what they're excelling in, things like robotics, things like they're producing their own little videos. I mean, they're involved in so much. And not only that, drone technology is going to be growing. And right now, uh, the city of Chula Vista was the first city where we were innovative um, in order to meet our police response times. So we are the first city in the United States that has ever developed a drone program so that drones assist the first responders in getting to the scene before doing an assessment of whatever's around them. And so our police officers, when they appear on scene, they have more information that they can work with. And a lot of times that can de-escalate situations, right? Yes. And we, it also can alert the, the police officers if there's a dangerous situation involved in that or in the community around it. So, um, all these things that are developing in Chula Vista, because, uh, we are a smart city. And that's another thing I'm proud of in the city is that um, we are part of the, the Smart Cities um, initiative that's funded by Bloomberg Foundation. And so we get a lot of technology uh, updates and support from the Bloomberg um, Foundation. And we leverage what we get from them. And then we uh, advance what we're doing in technology. And I think um, when you mentioned drones and stuff, I think, you know, just recently there were two police officers killed on the East Coast because they had come to a a 911 call and were ambushed and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure drone 
uh, the drone technology you have, which, you know, I know we've partnered with you as well, that you have a spot on the Southwestern College campus to help you yes. with the drone throughout uh-huh. the east part of the city. Right. As we launch our drone, drones uh, from Southwestern Community College, and we have uh, four other sites throughout the city that we launch the drones from. So those drones get there lickety-split. They don't have to be stuck in traffic. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, the response time is quicker. They're communicating with the police officers in the command center about exactly what's going on. The police officers can, can see. And so you're right. The de-escalation component of it is very, very important. And I think that also talks to um, how great South County is, and especially, you know, Chula Vista and our area, on the collaborations mm-hmm. among city, among education, among nonprofit organizations. And so there's lots of cooperation that I think is unheard of in other parts of the county. Absolutely. I mean, our cooperation with Southwestern College, but when you're talking about what happened during COVID and all the relief that had to get out to our community, you know, with the, the funding that came through Washington, D.C. to assist people with with rental assistance, with utility assistance, all of that, we got that money out the door to the right people because we were working with um, SBC, which formerly South Bay Community Services. We, co- we contracted with them, and we were able to identify those most in need, and we were able to get the money out directly to them. A lot of cities had to return money to Washington, D.C. because they couldn't get it out in time. Uh, but we fully utilized what, whatever we got from Washington. So I don't know if looking back on the eight years and, like you said, your entire career in political service, um, what can you say that are some of your major accomplishments? And what would you do, or the question is, what are, what are the words of wisdom that you would give to our community right now? Oh, wow. Words of wisdom. Um, To become politically engaged, to understand what city government does for you, and to understand how much you can influence what's happening in city government. And one of the ways that you could get um, involved is by serving on one of our many boards and commissions. So they're the ones that take the first glance at policy items and then make recommendations to the city council on a vote. For example, the Planning Commission, which is one of the commissions that I served on before I was in elected office. And so if you, and that was in 1991 that I was on the Planning Commission. Can you imagine Chula Vista in 1991? We didn't have, we only had one little new neighborhood in Eastlake. We didn't have any of Otay Ranch built, none of that. So the Planning Commission was looking at all these maps about what was going to be happening in the future. And so... That gave me a tremendous amount of insight into what was going to be in the future of Chula Vista. But there are other commissions, too, like the Parks and Rec Commission, mm-hmm. so where, where community members are looking at a new park site, and they're the ones that are saying, okay, you know what? We want basketball courts here, and we want, we want skate parks, and we want a dog park, or whatever they want, the component they want to add to that park. They're the ones that take the first opportunity to say, this is what I want in my community, Right. So there's all kinds of different commissions that you can serve on, all kinds of interests that you can't, like our cultural arts department or cultural arts commission. You know, if you want to forge um, what public art goes in your community, um, what gallery space are we going to be working on, those kinds of things, then, you know, there's always something that you can do. But my advice to the community is 
check out your city. Find out what it does. Find out where it needs improvement. And don't be afraid to come to the city council meetings and tell us this is right or this is wrong in my neighborhood. That happens all the time. And um, a lot of people don't know. that. I mean, still, it still amazes me that people say, oh, can I come to a city council meeting? Of course you can't. They are for you. That's an open public platform. And we cannot conduct meeting as a city council outside of a council meeting. And that's your place to be if you think you want change or in, in your community or you think it needs improvement. So the city is completely different from when you were growing up. You better believe it. (laughs) Exactly. So how do you think you've been able to balance the historical parts of the city along with all of this new growth? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the historical part is really important to me because my grandparents moved here in 1918. And I was born here in Chula Vista in 1948 when we had a population of 15,000 people. Mm. Now we're almost 300,000 people. So I've seen a tremendous amount of change. And... um, The thing is that change always happens. You cannot stop change. And those that uh, are resistant to it, they pass on. And and a new generation comes. And you build a community that's important to them, right? So people talk about, oh, I miss the old lemon fields, and I miss this, and I miss that. Yes, but we didn't have opportunities for people like we do now. We only had one high school, Chula Vista High School. We only had one high school. Can you imagine? And we only had a handful of elementary schools. And we didn't have all the industry and the growth opportunities that we have now. So things change. And people generally don't like to see change. People are always afraid that, oh my gosh, my my life is going to change because this is changing. But in many instances, it changes for the better. And so as you look back, and you have a few more months left, um, what do you think you are most proud of in the time that you've been here? Oh, my gosh. So much to choose from, I'm sure. There is. And, you know, people can say, well, it's the Bayfront, because the Bayfront's going to be finished in three, three, you know, a hotel and convention center is going to be there. That's going to really change the face of West Chula Vista. And what I'm fearful of in that change is gentrification, right? So we have to balance that. And make sure that the people that have lived here for years, the people that 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 work in our industries, can still afford to live in Chula Vista. So that to me is a big worry, right? Um, but then I think that the biggest accomplishment for me is definitely getting SDSU here in Chula Vista. Because while the Bayfront's going to add all the glamour and glitz to the city, the university site is really going to be something for our children and our future and something that will attract industry here, high paying jobs so that people don't have to go outside of Chula Vista to work and that will alleviate a lot of our traffic. So um, I think those two things are the keystones, but there's so much more I think that's happened under my watch that's expanding the opportunities for people to have their voices heard through our Human Relations Commission That's been a very important commission to make sure that all people are respected and honored, right? And we just recently had um, our Indigenous Peoples Day where we honored the first people of Chula Vista, which were the Kumeyaay people. So, um, you know, it's those kinds of things that I'm really, really proud of. So what do you think you're going to do? What happens on December 14th? Well, on December 13th, I'm taking off for Hawaii. (laughs) 
Good for you. <laughs> December the 13th is my very last official day there at the, <laughs> at the city. And um, I've been doing this my whole life. It's been a really fulfilling career. Uh, but it's time that I retire and I rest and I work on developing other interests that I have and spending more time with my family. It's really been hard on my family to be in this kind of profession. Well, I personally want to thank you, Mary. You have really done amazing things here. Thank and you. you've always been very approachable. You've always been, um, you've listened, uh, even when you don't agree. Um, and so it's always been a very great relationship that you've had with so many people in the community. Thank you very much. And it's my, been my real privilege and honor to serve in Chula Vista. And I just want to let anyone know that, you know, think about beyond the little box that people paint you in. And I was born in Harborside. I lived there until I was married. I got married right out of high school. I didn't go back to college till I was 37. And and my life really changed because of my educational experience. And that's what's important. I always tell kids that what's really important about education, it gives you choices in life. And if you don't have that education, then you may be stuck in a dead-end job that you don't like. But if you have your education, you can pick and choose what you want to do, where you want to do it, and when you want to do it. And it's never too late to start, right? It's never too late. Look at me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again for your time, Mayor. Thank you. Um, Again, this is Eastlake Plus, a positive podcast, and it's been my pleasure to be with you this afternoon. Thank you very much to all of you.